Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Getting Sidetracked. This is the second part of our video game discussion with Andrea and Shannon. Andrea, how are you doing? Pretty good. Excited for this round, too. All right. You're doing just as good as you were an hour and 15 minutes ago when we did part one. Oh, and I still don't have coffee, so it's okay. Oh, <laughs> wow. You got to do this whole thing without coffee? A two-parter back-to-back? Might need some wine after it. <laughs> I, I might need some wine after, too, I, I think. Man, I, I feel bad for you now. Shannon, how are you doing? I know. I am doing spectacular. See, Shannon's doing spectacular. She had both the coffee and the wine. So I she's hyped up and drunk. much earlier. Okay. It is too late for Shannon to be drinking coffee because she will <laughs> never sleep. Well, yeah. ADHD is one hell of a drug, kids. Yeah, you don't want to mix that with coffee. No, so I, not I do all the night, time. You do not. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, we are continuing our series on video games in part one, which was episode two of Getting Sidetracked. We talked about some of our favorite all-time video games. We mentioned things like uh, Mass Effect and Kingdom Hearts and Dishonored. And uh, what else did we talk about? Uh, uh, Ultima, Bioshock. I can't read your list on the video here, <laughs> Shannon, and nobody else can see it. And I know I'm forgetting a couple of Andreas. I was trying to help. Well, that's true. That's true. So we're going to um, we're going to throw out a few more. But I also want to talk a little bit about what it is that makes a video game uh, a good video game. Like, what is it about the ones that we've already picked that have meant so much to us? But then also moving forward, what is it that makes you select a video game? What are you looking for in a video game? And I think that that's. It's a topic that a lot of people kind of overlook, and yet they spend a lot of time uh, focusing on it. Video games, just like movies and television, they're a form of escape. And they're a more interactive form of escape because you're not watching other people participate in a world other than our own. You're participating yourself. And uh, sometimes you're shaping the development of the characters in some aspects. And sometimes it's just plain arcade fun. So, but it really does boil down to kind of an escape from the reality that we're in that sometimes kind of sucks and, and having an escape is a good thing. Maybe not too much. You don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, but there is a healthy level of escapism that I think the video games feed that need. So we're going to take a little bit of a look at what it is that would cause us to select a particular game over another game. But before we go down that road, why don't we go ahead and wrap up the rest of our picks? I know I've got one or two. Andrea probably has three or four. Shannon, I think, has 36 <laughs> or 37. So, oh, no, that you got it wrong, sir. I have the 36. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Andrea, why don't we start with you then? No, no. Yeah, no. I'm going to put you on the spot. Shannon, go right ahead. Go first this time. Um, okay. Um, let's take a look. Decisions, decisions. I know. To surgeons, to surgeons. We're only going to do a few more. So. I'm actually going to do one. It's called Professor Layton. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. good. Yes. I thought, like, I, I usually when music. I talk about it, not a lot of people know. And, and it's such a, again, it's a mystery. And it's, I'm not really good with puzzles, but the fact that this game is based solely on that and just mm -hmm. a story. It's so captivating that it pushes me to actually do it. And and there's 
it's very interesting because there's a lot of studies because I'm a, a teacher. There's a lot of stor- studies that say that music can actually help you learn or focus better. Absolutely. And a lot of the play, uh, Professor Layton music actually does make me focus better, so much so that when I was in university, I actually used the puzzle music in order for, for, for myself to learn for exams. And it, I can so hear it right now in my I head know, as we're talking yes. about this. Yes. So it, it's, I, I love it. I love the characters. I, I love that there's always those twists and turns that you actually think you're in the right direction, but then all of a sudden, like, there, there's just completely different. Like, the very first game of Professor Layton about just the mysteries, the murders, and all that stuff, and all of a sudden you hear this revelation, and, and all your, like, you want to play the game again to see whether you actually pick up on the subtleties of the characters. And I, again, it's when we talk about video games, I want to be as kind of like not spoilery as possible. Um, so that's why I'm not saying a lot of the names, a lot of what happens, but they're really fun games. And you feel that sense of accomplishment every single time you finish a puzzle. So I think that that's one of the ones that if I'm ever like not really wanting to emerge myself in like a complete story where I have to devote my time to aiming and shooting at somebody, right? I, I always pick up Professor Layton because it's a very like the, again the music is very soothing and the story is pretty easy to follow and it's very entertaining. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out two here real quick that are kind of related because I think that a lot of people underestimate the value of puzzle games. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about, we're, we're always talking about these AAA games. We're talking about Overwatch and we're talking about Fortnite. I mean, those are two of the big ones right now and um, Player Unknown Battlegrounds and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But there's a lot to be had for just the simplicity of a puzzle game and, and kind of getting your mind not so much immersed in a world as, as much as just focused on, on tasks and, and problem solving. And that can be a form of escape too. And in, in a very oh. healthy way, that's actually building some, some cognitive skills and, and things like that. And that's another way in which video games can actually be both mentally beneficial and intellectually beneficial, but also therapeutic on an emotional yeah. level as well. And a lot of people either aren't even aware of it or they downplay the value of that. And I think that that's sad because there's such value. Yeah. Um, and, and I do agree with that. Um, I actually, in university, took a whole class devoted to video games and education. And, and just, yeah, you, you often hear the bad side of like, oh, kids playing different types of video games. But you also have mm-hmm. to look at the positive aspects of it and what they're learning from them. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I do agree that it's not just about these Mass Effect, Kingdom Hearts, um, these games that it's solely on story and stuff like that. Right. Just being able to sit down and actually critically think of what you're doing in order to, to get from point A to point B, that's very cool and beneficial. Um, yeah. And it really does a lot to you because you start looking at everything so critically and it's not just simple. It's not just like walking through different point, uh, points in a game. It's actually working for them in, di- right. in different ways. It's not like a boss battle. It's, it's actually a puzzle. So it's, it's fun. Of the puzzle games, uh, the two that I want to recommend, one is very old and one's very new. Um, and graphically as well, one is very simple and one is very, very uh, gorgeously done. Uh the old one, and a lot of people are going to be very dismissive when I say this, but is uh, Tetris. Oh, and yeah. 
I love Tetris. A lot of people don't know the history of the Tetris game. They know it was uh, designed by uh, someone in Russia. And they know that it was the game that came bundled with the Nintendo Game Boy, which for ages, even through the early iterations of the PlayStation and the Xbox and stuff, the Game Boy had always been the number one best-selling game system of all time. Now that's changed. But a lot of people remember the, the Tetris on the Game Boy and Tetris on the original NES. But there was a version that came out before that for the NES by a company called Tengen. And it was a gold cartridge. The front of the cartridge was, it had a little bit of an angle to it. It was shaped slightly differently. And they actually had the original license for Tetris. What they didn't have the license for was to make Nintendo games. <laughs> so they had uh, Tetris. They had, uh, I think they had a, a couple of sports games. They had a football game that was kind of popular at the time. Um, but they weren't licensed by Nintendo to actually produce the cartridges and make the games. And uh, what happened was when Tetris really blew up and people started really liking this game, uh, Nintendo stepped in and said, whoa, I, I think now it's time that we we kind of put the kibosh on this. And they sued. And so they came to some settlement. But in the settlement, Nintendo won the rights to the Tetris license. And I don't know if they did it because they wanted to or if it was a condition of the agreement, but they rewrote the interface for the game. So for every 10 lines you clear, you advance to uh, the next level and it gets faster and faster every level, right? In the original version, not only were the graphics uh, better, much, much, much better, much cleaner and less cluttered looking, but it was also 30 lines to complete a level instead of 10. And so what happened was you had longer games and at least for me personally, as I was clearing, by the time I got 30 lines and got to the next level, it was a little more gradual in advancement. And I could get to level nine or 10 on the the Nintendo version. And it was as far as I could get. I, I never broke to level 11, I don't think. But I remember getting to like level 18 or 19 on the original one. I The longest game I ever played was 56 Minutes. Um, oh, I, wow. for, I forget, however, like the, the most lines and stuff like that, but it, because it was a little more gradual, uh, a pace increase, it was hypnotic. Now the downside, I'd go to bed and I'd have dreams of blocks and stuff. And that was a little <laughs> weird, but, but <laughs> like, it, so I had autism, uh, but I didn't, I never knew it. I actually only just got diagnosed with it, uh, within the last year. But as a kid, you know, I had ADHD, social anxiety disorder, didn't know I had autism and stuff. And so for me, this was a very therapeutic sort of thing. And it, it kind of, it was a good way to kind of calm me down and, and get me into a kind of a groove, a, a flow of what was going on. And, and it was really therapeutic. So I think Tetris is awesome. More modern ones. I know this is available for iOS. I don't know about Android. It's a series called The Room. And it's uh, the graphics are absolutely gorgeous. And it's this box. It's a puzzle box. And there's no interface or anything. You just drag it around with your finger and, and you flip levers and switches and stuff. And as you solve these, these puzzles, the box like opens up new layers and stuff and it kind of oh. unfolds. And now there's a new layer of puzzles and it... it it keeps getting more and more complicated and never to the point where it's frustrating, but the ingenious design of some of the puzzles 
is is just amazing. The box, uh, or, I'm sorry, not the box, The Room 3, I think it was, just came out last week. I don't know if it's three or if it's the fourth one. But the newest iteration just came out. It is an incredible series. There may be, I think the new one's like $4.99, so the early ones are probably like $2.99 now. Um, definitely worth going out of your way to get those. So those those are some of my picks. I just wanted to kind of uh, go with what Andrea said and kind of further the importance of puzzle games. It's something a lot of people don't talk as much about. Right. And I, I, I'll give one too. Um, that I played last year, last year, I got it for free from PSN. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is the correct title because I kept calling it something different for the longest time, but tale of two brothers. Um, I've heard of that. It is so good, but it is incredibly devastating. Um, it is not, it is a, a somewhat bleak game. Um, but it is, first of all, visually gorgeous. And the puzzles are not only like mental puzzles, but each, con- each uh, joystick controls a different brother. Each side oh. of the controller controls hmm. a different brother. So that made it then also like a physical puzzle because you're trying to move one or the other, but you're so used to using both sides so it, it kind of like is training you more to focus. Um, yeah. But I don't want to get too into it because, again, it is the end is just a gut punch. Mm. But oh, God. I can I, only imagine. <laughs> I you don't get that cannot, often from puzzle games. So that's right. Uh, um, I cannot recommend it more. It is just it's gorgeous. And just uh, the story is so compelling. It's not a terribly long game. Um, and another one, uh, I don't know if it's quite a puzzle game, but it felt like one was Journey. I was um, just going to mention Journey. Yeah. That was one of the most, I want to say it was one of the most emotionally moving games I've ever played. Yeah. And the music has a huge I bought the soundtrack. part of that. The guy won a Grammy and for the soundtrack. It's so good. Yeah. How it's often so do you see a video game soundtrack win a Grammy? Exactly. Austin Wintery, I think, is the guy's name. It's just yeah. so everything yes. about it is good. It's visually beautiful. It's, and it's very uh, simple. It, it's yeah. not complicated. And, and that's another thing that people think that it's, oh, graphics, all oh, this big hoopla of mm-hmm. things. It, the simplicity of it. it you don't yeah. have to make it so extravagant. And, right. and yeah, I do agree. That and it, it's it, amazing how, th- like, there's... So first of all, you have a character that doesn't speak. Yeah. There are no other characters in the game. Um, and there's no dialogue. Mm-hmm. And there's no instructions. And, uh, and yet technically it is multiplayer because as you're playing, it's possible yep. that another player can be in your game with you. And likewise, you yep. in their game with them. You can't really communicate there's a button that you can kind of chirp and that's yeah. it and so yeah you have to find a way you don't have to find a way to communicate you can just go off on your own but if you want to try to help one another solve these these puzzles you can do so and, and you have to kind of try to find a way to communicate with one another and what was amazing for me is i think it was the second the first time i played it i played it completely by myself nobody else was in the game the second or third time i played it the other person that was there 
And I won't get into the details of how you can tell, but they were obviously a more veteran player than I was. And they went out of their, like their purpose in the game was to help me. Yeah. They didn't care about going off and doing their own thing. They're like guiding me through some things and they're helping me get to more difficult spots and stuff. And it's weird because for all of the suckiness of the internet, I found that the people who dropped into this game and played were actually really willing to provide a beneficial gaming experience for this other stranger that was with them that they couldn't communicate with. And they would stick with you through the game. And the funny thing is there is a story and it's communicated through uh, drawings on the sides of walls and, and such. And there's almost like kind of a mythology that goes through the game and it's all drawn out, but it, becomes clearer as you go through the game. And then as you get through the game to the very end, it's just, it's not epic. It's not some big save the world sort of thing, but it's very emotionally moving and emotionally satisfying. And I could see, you know, people have talked about kind of tearing up at the end of the game. Yeah. I cried in, in a, a fulfilling way. Like it, it's a fulfilling finale and, uh, mm. and it's cheap too. It was, I think yeah. 1999 when I got it. And I think now it's done like yeah. seven ninety nine or something. I got it through the PSN and I, yeah. I beat it in a single evening. And I remember yeah, that yeah. it was the night of the state of the union. I think it was Obama's last state of the union. Yeah. And uh, I remember I was I played it leading all up to it. And I was like, as soon as the speech is over, I'm finishing it. And, you know, as emotional as I was about that, I wanted to finish this game. Yeah. Um, and little did I know, I actually was literally it was the like I was the last part. Like I literally didn't realize that I was like that close to beating it. Yeah. When I stopped. But just and 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 how it ends, too. Um, not to, I'm not going to say what happens when you beat it. Right. Right. Um, but it was just so like, I remember thinking like, wait, is this right? And then just, yeah, like, that's the thing. God, it's like, you, you don't wonderful. really know whether you're doing the right thing. You, you yeah. think you are, but it's like, am I, if, 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 should I go somewhere else? Is, yeah. is this where I'm supposed to, to be? And it turns out it is. Yeah. And you are. Yeah. But it's very cathartic and it's very like, how do you make a game with no obvious story, with no dialogue, with no other players? And, you know, you don't shoot things. There's no weapons. There's 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 just you moving through this game and it takes you through so many different emotions. It takes you through. Mm -hmm. There are some really intense, but not yeah. difficult and not necessarily some scary, but some intense game. moments. There are some yeah. just. I, I want to say joyous moments that uh, without getting too much into the scene where you kind of bounding around from, from platform to platform. And then there's the end where it's, it's just very kind of moving and, and final and wow to whoever designed this game, they are a brilliant person. I could never come up with a concept that would successfully bring people to all of those different emotional levels Mm -hmm. In a game that's what, maybe three hours? Yeah. And I played it again and again. And listen, if you haven't yeah. played it, I think it's, is it PS only? Is it PlayStation exclusive? 
I'm not entirely sure. I, the only, I'm pretty sure it is though, because I've only, I only ever recall seeing it for PlayStation two, three and four. Yeah. I think it's PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. It, especially for the price. I mean, you got to play it at yeah. least once. If you want something that's not, if you want to play video games, but you don't want to be like stressed out by whether it's playing online or the right. story, like if you hit a wall, this is a game that will calm you down mm-hmm. even in its most like frustrating and anxiety inducing parts. It is still incredibly calming. Just the music alone. Not in a boring way. It, it's, it is. No, not at all. Cause you, you want to know where you're going because you can't tell. Right. You have no idea where anything's leading. It is a journey and you don't know where that journey leads, how it ends, or what happens when it ends. Uh, but when, for some reason, like it is just the most satisfying, calming video game. Mm-hmm. That does and actually have a story, despite feeling yeah. like you're not really feeling sure whether like it, it does. Like it, yeah. It, yeah. it reveals itself to you as you play. And you, it, it's funny because you start not really feeling like you know what you're doing. And then you really feel confident that you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Up until the end, and then it's like, wait a minute, I, I know how this game works. It, it, am I doing the right thing here? And then it it brings you into the end. So, yeah, yeah, great pick, great pick. Um, let's see. Well, I I can cross that off. Do I have anything else? I do. I have two things left on my list. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to give an honorable mention to Minecraft because I think that it's, uh. It is a great creative outlet. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of gorgeous things created in it. I've seen people who have used the Redstone uh, stuff to make uh, player pianos, like giant house-sized systems for the player pianos, but player pianos. Uh, People have made a a functioning hard drive in the game using bits and, and switches and stuff back and forth with the redstone thing. And a lot of kids are using it in schools yeah. to learn the basics of um, Boolean logic and, and uh, the concepts of, of kind of a, a visual programming sort of thing with the redstone redstone stuff. Uh, and it was one of the first video games my son played and he really, really got into it. And it was like a video game version of Legos for him. And he was excited about the, the, uh, the things he created and uh, the combat system was simple enough for him that he felt competent with it. Um, so Minecraft, I think is a really good one, but for more, for a more adult sort of a, a sandbox game, I really like seven days to die. What it is, is it's, and, and I do not like zombie stuff at all. Okay. <laughs> Just not my thing. Uh, zombies, vampires, werewolves, all of the, the kind of the traditional universal studios monsters thing, not my thing at all, but this is, think of it as a, a first person engine and it's a sandbox thing like Minecraft in the sense that you can craft tools. I mean, you start out in your underwear in uh, post-apocalyptic, ah. uh, nothing graphic, but yeah, post-apocalyptic <laughs> oh, wasteland. And you're getting to get out of my list. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. And you get some wood, and you get some some grass 
strands and you get some rocks and you make yourself a little stone axe and then you can chop down the trees more easily and you can break up the rocks more easily and you build more and more complex things. And then like pretty soon, I've got this concrete bunker with floodlights, sniper rifles, uh, a motorcycle, like a little hobbled together mini bike, um, a concrete mixer and generators and like you start to build bigger and bigger stuff. But the idea is there are zombies out there and they're different types of zombies with different abilities and, and whatnot. But every seventh night there's a blood moon and you get these hordes and hordes of zombies coming at you. So at the end of each week, you better have some sort of defenses uh, built up so that you can survive the night. And each week, each seven days, it gets tougher and tougher and tougher, more zombies, stronger zombies, uh, and it's collaborative too. So you can have other players in there and you can build together. You can go and, and visit towns that are kind of falling apart and you can loot and, and salvage and scrap different things. Um, find blueprints for different stuff. There, there, there's a plane that comes by and does a supply drop every, uh, every afternoon. It's, it, it's, uh, I, I really like it. It's one of those games where you're either going to love it or hate it but I spent months and months playing it. There are people who stream that exclusively on Twitch. That's the only game they'll stream. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. And it's, it's another one of those cheap games. It's like 20 bucks or 29 bucks or something like that. Carrie and mm -hmm. I played it for a while. Carrie Lou and I played it uh, a year ago. Um, and Lou disliked the zombie thing enough that he just stopped. But uh, Carrie said she'd go back <laughs> to it again. We might have to start a, a random chatter seven days to die server. That would be fun. <laughs> but anyway, so that's that's mm -hmm. one of my picks. Shannon, what else do you have? Hmm. Pick pick wisely because we got to wind this part down. I know. I'm trying to. I think I'm going to stick as badly as I want to talk about Pokemon. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We could have we a whole podcast whole series. I know. I so I will. I have. I'm going to try and make myself stick to these two. <laughs> So I will talk about one that I'm surprised I haven't brought up. It's another Troy Baker smash hit, The Last of Us. Oh, yes. Uh, Ooh, just stick on that, beginning. on that zombie theme. That came with my PlayStation. I have not touched it, and I have recently uh, got raked uh, over the coals. for the, Well, in Horizon Zero Dawn is another one I had for a long time and haven't played. I just started that. After that, I'm going to play The Last of Us because people keep uh -huh. yelling at me. Yeah, because I haven't I mean, played it. My story of how I play it, I was uh, in college. I was a junior and I have a third grade teacher that I was uh, very close with. So I was in his first class, um, you know, so he's close with my family. And he was like, uh, I know you started gaming really heavily. Uh, I have The Last of Us and I'm going on vacation. And I'm sure I, I, I saw you wanted to play it. Do you want to borrow it? And he actually brought it up to me at school. Um, I had a week to play it. It's another game. I beat three days because I could not stop. It was the middle of the summer. So I didn't have class. Hmm. Um, but I, I, uh, like I said earlier, I get anxious playing certain video games and this was one of them. Um, but, uh, naughty dog can create some of the most beautiful games. Oh yes. Um, like I said, uncharted, all the uncharted games, like for, the time, the years they came out in, all of them are gorgeous. And um, this game, aside from the fact that I got to see Pittsburgh in ruins, 
Um, as a as a Philly person, that did bring Wait me. Wait a minute, to... isn't that the way Pittsburgh is normally? I I, thought I wasn't that... going to go there, but um... so everybody who's in Pittsburgh, and if you guys see Shannon, you know what to do with her. Hey, I'm not Uh-oh. the one who said Pittsburgh is already in ruins. Uh, and if you guys see Eric eventually, I've, I can't um, say I've never been to Pittsburgh. I I can't say that. I I lived in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, for a while, and everybody there for some inexplicable reason hated Cincinnati and they hated Pittsburgh and I never figured out why. So I can kind of figure out Cincinnati, but Pittsburgh is a little bit of a mystery to me. <laughs> mm. I'm Canadian. I don't comment. On that. <laughs> um, uh, now see, I'm half Canadian. So I make a lot of jokes about Canada too. So we're, we're happy people here. <laughs> I am jealous of that. I, that is, that is one thing that, uh, you know, I can talk all the smack I want, but at the end of the day, you guys are going to end up happier than I am. So, <laughs> so anyway, The Last of Us. Yeah, um, it's The Last of Us. What is it um, about The Last of Us that everybody, including yourself, seems to like so much? Well, it's another one where it's the story. It's the characters. Yeah. Um, first of all, it is like a zombie story, but it's a tw- like not a twist on a zombie story, but it's a different kind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like an illness that necessarily it's spread by spores and you find that out very early on. It's like, they've already figured it's been figured out, mm-hmm. but the way that the, the world has devolved, like there's still civilization. Um, you still have like cities and things like that. However, they are heavily, uh, military quarantined. And there is a uh, uh, an a revolutionary group called the Fireflies, um, and it's been a very long time. And I did start a replay, but that also was a very long time ago. I didn't finish it, so like I'm not a hundred percent fresh on the storylines and the motivations of the different groups. That's okay. We don't have to get into like yeah, the, the details of the story and all that. Those two were compelling enough, but then you zeroed in on these main characters. And one of the things I've always admired about Naughty Dog is they do do mostly motion capture. Mm -hmm. And so the voice actors also acted. Um, First of all, Troy Baker was unrecognizable. I've been a Troy Baker fan for a very long time because I was very into anime when I was in middle school and I loved Trinity. What was Trinity? Troy Baker was in? Yes. Um, And so I was very excited, but you cannot recognize him in this game. You cannot Mm -hmm. recognize his voice and the character also looks very different. It's astounding the performances are just really drive these characters home more. Uh, the compelling, like Joel and Ellie, like this, this guy who has like, because of a personal loss that happens very early in the game, but I still won't tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very driven to get this girl to where she needs to go. Right. Even though when he starts off, he wants nothing to do with it because yeah. he's fine with his life. He's, he's tired of it. He's tired of personal ties. He has one. And it's not perfect, but he likes it. And something about this, this girl, like, I mean, this isn't a spoiler. I'm pretty sure this is, this was in the trails. Like this girl is immune. Right. She's the key to the yeah. possibility of survival. And the fireflies right. want her and they're going to pay him. So at first that's what it is. But as you get to know Joel and Ellie, they get to know each other. And so you start to feel like, protective Ellie. So when the time comes where you play as Ellie, like there's this this visceral, like I need to survive because you're trying to get it out of my face. (laughs) 
don't. No I stuff on the video because none of our listeners can hear it. She met Don't don't be, don't be Lou and Tim. Don't be Lou and Tim. No, my, my one of my best friends has also met Troy Baker because he's handing out his CD in Central Park, and she went, so she got to meet him. I was very jealous. Oh, and so that's what the, she was showing the picture of. But, but at the uh, same time, okay. I was also at New York Comic Con when he revealed his Joker voice. Oh yeah, and no one can ever take that away from me because that was an amazing moment in my life. I hung um, out with Mark Hamill, the, who also did a Joker voice uh, after yeah. they, after when we were tearing down from Celebration Anaheim. Yeah. Troy I, I'm, I'm important too. Over. I swear, honest. Oh God! <laughs> I, I've uh, met no. people. I, mean, I, I didn't meet him. I was in the panel room. Uh, what was it? Arkham. Oh, that's so cool. I forget which Batman. It was one of the Rock Steady. Oh, ones. did he do yeah. the Joker for the Arkham stuff? Yeah. yeah, he took over from Mark Hamill. Okay, yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, was, yeah everyone, everyone was like, "So what is it? What did you do?" And so he. He he seemed reluctant to do it. He ended up reading uh, the is it? I forget what storyline it was from, but he was talking about his favorite Joker passage, and he read it to us. And when he did that laugh, oh my god, we just all it's there's video on YouTube. Like listeners need to watch this video if you haven't already. Nothing will ever like be the same as being in that room, but watching that video every time it just takes me right back. We mm-hmm. were dead silent man he is in troy baker is incredible and oh yes you know he was in uncharted 4 so that was on my list he was in bioshock infinite also on my list he is so good and i'm so glad that he's in all these video games uh because i really i he's a rare talent he's just insane his voice range of voices and he's just so good and he's just such a good person and he's very funny but anyway um that's part of why I cared so much about Joel. When I realized it was Troy Baker, I was like, oh, my God, I love him. Um, but just, okay. yeah, this story, this world is, first of all, again, beautiful, beautifully yeah. done by Naughty Dog. I, I've all seen a, some video clips of it and uh, I, you know, nothing I saw had the zombies in it. It was just yeah. you know, human on human combat, which is, is mm-hmm. fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, there was story in the combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I liked that a lot, too. Oh yeah. So well, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing this. When it's I when I good. see The Last of Us, the clickers like to me oh, like the, I don't, yes, they're called the clickers. Yeah, the clickers aren't really to me. They're the worst. Like, I don't like calling them zombies. That's not Ooh. no clickers should not be called zombies. Exactly, and that's what and, okay. and I just love. Yeah, I, I love them so much. Like, it's very different. And even at the very end, the story is like, why would you do that? You, oh, you're, left, you're left with I had the ending spoiled for me. You oh, want to like, shake the character and be like, come on, man. Like, yeah, that's I okay. There's going to be a sequel. So it's not really the end. Yeah, exactly. And so, I'm so I didn't excited. have the end spoiled well, for me. I had, the thing, though, you know, the sequel trailers. There, there was the one that had Joel and Ellie in, but the newest one have a lot of people scratching their heads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's still very good, and it still feels like that world. But at the same time, it's just, like, so different. Mm. But it's just, it's a very real world. It's a very compelling world. Yeah. Um, and all the characters, I will never be over Tess. Um, yes. I will never... I also, Nolan North is in that game. And if you can figure out which character he is, Eric, we will like. Listen, I don't know. Will... I'm, I'm not too shabby when it comes to figuring out 
he also sounds very different and like if no one had told me it might have taken me longer to figure it out but nolan is in this game um i'll I'll have to see if i can i'll I'll try not to look at the credits i'll have to see if i can figure out who he is um i used to think he was in everything until um a a voice actor i met um explained to me that steve bloom actually has the apparently the guinness book of world records for mm. the most different yeah. voice acting portrayals. Yeah. I had no idea. I knew Steve Bloom had done, you know, Zeb from Rebels. I knew he did a lot. I didn't know he had the Guinness Book of World Records. Like, I didn't know it was yeah. that much. Yeah. He's real. Oh, and oh, dude is so well. We, we're not going to talk about that here. We need to yeah. move on. But, <laughs> but uh, um, four. <laughs> so, yeah, don't, don't look up because it is very rewarding because you're going to okay. sit there and be like, I can't believe yeah. that was Nolan North. But I will go out of my way to not look in, until after I play the game. It's so worth it if you don't know. Okay. But All um, right, so it's good. It's very good. And I'm sure I'm, I'm obviously I'm going to say everybody play it. I'm sure most people have because it's been out for a very long time. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's an incredible world. And yeah, it did lend itself to more story because of the way the first one ended. And right. the ending is both. It's so bittersweet. Right. Because the implicate again another okay, game. Uh, not, impl- no, no more, no more about that. No more about the ending. Implication, implication. I know, but important. The, the, that's all the, I was gonna say, Eric. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Before I finish the sentence, you had no I, idea what the end. I'm sorry. We just we can't do a part three. Is all I'm saying. I'll get fired <laughs> off my own network. <sighs> okay, and I I promise I will go pick it up and and play it. Not just because other people have yelled at me, but because it, even if they hadn't, you would have thoroughly convinced me that this is worth playing. <laughs> so, all right, we're going to lightning round anything we have left here. Okay. Um, That's easy for the, the last game I have. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to say the only other things I have on my list here. Um, let's see. We mentioned Journey already. The Batman Arkham series. Uh, oh, yeah. I think, th- I mean, it had its ups and downs and stuff, but overall, as a comic book fan and especially as a Batman fan, this is absolutely the most authentic Batman game I've ever played. And I really felt like I was Batman. Like it, it, it was, they nailed it. So mm. that's one of my picks. Team Fortress 2, uh, it's a team based first person shooter, kind of a capture the flag uh, map combat sort of thing. And uh, I like it because it had, kind of a goofy 1950s caricature feel to it. Um, the classes were well-designed. It was well-balanced and it was a lot of fun. I would still rather play that than something like Overwatch, but uh, that's just me. So those are, are the rest of my picks. Um, Andrea, just real quick, like the uh, list, the game oh, and just yeah. maybe a I'm, sentence I'm or two. I'm just going to say them. Uh-huh. No worries. If anybody wants to talk to me about them, they can follow me on Twitter and talk about it. Hey, and so, you know, listen, if people want to give us feedback and want more of this yeah. stuff, let us know because we'll we'll keep it going. Okay, so right. League of Legends, mm. Tomb Raider, Death Space, Infamous, and Ratchet and Clank. That's it. I'm done. Shannon, now it's you. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, I'm gonna go with Overwatch because I mm-hmm. find that very enjoyable. Um, and I've not sunk in most of my time from the last couple weeks into this game. Don't listen. Overwatch League, go Fusion. <laughs> um, and I definitely want to talk about, really fast, Transistor. Again, another game where character and story is so compelling. And the end, just, I am still to this day devastated by the end of Transistor. But it is one of the most beautiful games I have ever played. And it is another cheap, short game 
please play Transistor. You will not regret it. It, is, it will be one of the most beautiful and compelling stories without much like back and forth dialogue at all. Only one character really talks for the entire game, and it is still... So oh, good. it's amazing. Is so that for mobile? I didn't recognize it by name, but I know which one you're talking about now. Trend, the yeah. music is beautiful, too. Oh, the music is, is stunning. It leaves you. Like, it is. It's available it pulls for... my heart out. It's available for iOS, and it's also on the Apple TV as well. Yeah. So I, I knew I'd recognize that somewhere. Hey, Andrea. Yes. Really I'll meet game. you out in the country. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good line. Don't listen to her. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's another small. Uh, I think it's the same. No, it's not the same developers. Okay. Anyway, Supergiant Games, Transistor, very good. Please play it. Cool. Hashtag right, not so. sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let so, me play Overwatch. We talked about a lot of games, and we talked about a, a broad spectrum of games too. And video games, it's something that a lot of people share a lot of interest in the same games, and yet it's also a lot of very personal selections um, that there are... Or some people only like certain types of games. Some people only like certain other types of games. It's almost like comedies when it comes to movies, I, I, I think. Uh, everybody likes comedies, but there are certain types of comedies people like and others can't stand certain types. And, and so there's a lot of personalization that goes into the selection of video games. So without getting into the details about the games themselves, uh, you know, like the Mass Effect, and uh, Tomb Raider, Andrew, you just mentioned that that's a, a classic. That's a legacy of, of video games there. Um, what is it about some of the games that you've selected today and in, in the past episode that we did that drew you to those games? And then what is it that you look for when, with the upcoming games coming out? I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. Let, let's start at, at the beginning here. Just in general, what is it that draws you to the games that you've already mentioned? Well, three main things that I, like I always look into when it comes to video games is characters. Like there has to be something that draws me to the character. Like it just it, it might be just how they look, their physical attributes, or it just might be the way that they talk. I mean, um, that's one of them, and it's a huge part of a lot of the games that I actually love and play. Um, the story what it's about. I'm very drawn to, for example, like the, the science fiction, the adventure, that Indiana Jones kind of vibe to them. Mm -hmm. So if the story has a lot of mystery, has a lot of adventure, that's what I'm drawn to. Um, and then music. There A lot can be done with music. And if it's used properly, it, it can be, it can it, it can make you feel anger in a game. It can make you feel sadness. It can make you feel incomplete. So a lot of the success of a lot of games has to do with the music and the scores that they play. So character, story, and music. Um, and, and like we talked about, visuals and graphics are elevated, but it's not what makes or breaks a game sometimes for me. Like you can have a pixel game and it, can be the most fantastic thing it doesn't always have to be um the graphics that make it amazing but yeah there's the last of us and all those games that they look so real that you you feel like you're part of the world um 
but that can also be a, a miss in a lot of games. And we can talk about why they can become very detrimental to the games afterwards. But yeah, so character, story, music. You know, it's really interesting that you you mentioned that the graphics... I mean, they help. Obviously, nobody's going to complain about oh, a, yeah. a gorgeous-looking game. Yeah. But they're not really a requirement for you, and yet one of the things that you listed that was important was music. And it, it's interesting because I've not heard that from a lot of people, and yet, anytime there's a game that's got a really good soundtrack or really good audio effects, people point that out to one another. And, you know, George Lucas once said that, uh, I think, I'm pretty certain it was Lucas, that Audio, whether it be the sound effects or the score, is one of the most important things about the movie-going experience. And that's one of the reasons that he got involved in uh, creating the THX audio certification. Um, I, I think that, you know, visuals, uh, w- when you look at human beings as an animal, you know, a, a tracking scent for a dog, a, a targeting sense, you got smell. And then you've got hearing as much as sight. With humans, it's all about sight. And so I think we take for granted that, you know, we're looking for visuals, but we don't always consciously pay attention to sound. And yet sound can be a big deal. And especially when it comes to music, because while in some games like a first person shooter, if you've got surround sound headphones or something like that, it helps to be able to tell, you know, someone's creeping up on you what direction they're coming from. Yeah. But music in video games can set such a tone and a mood. And then moods create emotions. And then emotions create memorable moments within a game or memorable experiences within a game. And I think people take that for granted. Yeah. So that, like that's... Like, if, if you listen to a specific score, if it's so good, it will take you back to what you were feeling when you were playing that game. And right. that, that can, it can just make a game so memorable and and maybe that's one of the reasons why they are in our top 10 or whatever um because of just how they made us feel during that moment so you know i I do agree with you two games i've actually meant to put on my list and forgot all about final fantasy 7 specifically number seven uh for me anyway and uh halo i for me i i really was moved by the first one that as it went through further iterations, I, I just kind of drifted out of the series. But, and it was interesting because the music from Final Fantasy VII, I can still recognize. If you play a segment of any of those songs, up oh, Final Fantasy VII. And uh, some of the music from Halo, especially the opening scene and, and the, the menu and stuff like that, again, I can instantly recognize that that's from Halo. And, and it, it sets kind of an ambiance mm. and memory trigger triggers and and stuff like that so yeah i mean almost all of the games on my list i can recognize by score i mean all of the uncharted scores all the kingdom hearts both bioshocks both dishonoreds uh specifically assassin's creed 2 and 4 um mass effect journey the last of us journey journey uh final fantasy 10 2 yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a game. Yes. To me, like, because I'm someone who listens to scores, like movie scores, TV show scores, because mm-hmm. I read with them. I'll find one that fits what I'm reading and I will read with it. Like, 
I listen to the expanse with anything sci-fi, like for an example, but, um, so I've listened to all these scores multiple times. I think the one I probably listened to the most is Assassin's Creed four black flag. Um, yep. It's one of the ones I know I've listened to the most, um, up there probably with dishonored, um, and the last of us. Uh, just for some reason, especially that title score of Assassin's Creed 4. I mean, the the title, uh, I think it's called Earth for Assassin's Creed 2, uh, is for some reason, it stirs a lot of emotion in me. Um, but it's just, you know, just like with film, you really, like you were saying, we don't put a lot of emphasis on score but it does really underscore what you feel during a scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a beautiful little musical interlude in us in uncharted four that everyone was upset. Wasn't included. Uh, it's a small moment where Nate and Elaine are driving and it is like a piano version of, I want to say it was Nate's theme and it was just a slow, beautiful, like, I remember that was what I heard about the most and immediately after the game came out was that beautiful piano version of Nate's theme when it's just the two of them driving down the stretch of road was just, it brought out so much like emotion from people who were really tied to these two characters and their journey over the movie or over the games. Mm. And so yeah, for me, music is one of the most important things because I will listen to it outside of the video game. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, if you have a good score, you, you have no idea the impact that that actually has. Yeah. yeah. People don't underestimate audience. that big time. You yeah. know, of all of the answers I thought we were going to get today, um, it's when you think about it, at least for me, and it sounds like for you guys as well, it seems obvious, but it's one of those things that people don't think about. I was not expecting music to be one of the answers I got tonight. I'm, mm. And uh, again, I, I think that that speaks to how well you guys are, are in tune to games because it does in fact have a, a big impact on, on how you feel about a game. And you know what? Throughout this whole entire part one and part two, mm-hmm. the one piano piece that's still playing in my head is the mass effect three one i just continuously uh, yeah. hear it in my head and it, again it, the the game again as flawed it might have been it's still memorable i can still see the ship leaving earth as it's being destroyed and it just i love yeah. it i love that yeah. there's those moments where like, if you close your eyes, you can vividly see every emotion that you felt. Cause that's yeah. your world. That's I your mean, planet. I can still see the last of us, that whole opening credit scene. Oh yeah. Because that the title theme for the last of us was so like, I remember the first time I played, I was like, all I wanted to do was listen to that. Just that opening. And first of all, um, I have it here, but I'm trying to remember it's, Gustavo, he's like a famous um, guitarist uh, score guy. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, yeah. Santa, Santa, mm, I don't want to say it wrong, and that's why I'm avoiding saying it. But Gustavo um, Santa. Yeah. Yeah, he's Santa like, he's a, he's a well-known guitarist, and he, 
like a lot of the pieces in the last of us are just that acoustic guitar it with a beautiful. little bit of accompaniment it's and it's so simple yeah and it just draws so much emotion out of you and you're already having that emotion drawn out of you for the story yeah. and you know it's just a story doesn't have to be big right so like drawing uncharted four had like just a piano version of the main score like the main uh, title track and people felt something or you know just just the lightest piece of music just is it's stunning so looking back at the stuff we've mentioned so far how important to you is um the ability to customize your character and obviously in some games like uh, let's say a side scroller or something it's not going to matter but when you're looking at the more story-driven games, you've got some things like, um, I mean, Portal, you couldn't customize your character. The protagonist was female. Uncharted, I don't think you can customize your character. The no. character is male. Then you've got Mass Effect, where you could be male or female. You can customize the heck out of the, the face and the chin and the nose and the eyes and the ears and, and really thoroughly customize. How important is that to you when you're in a story-based game, or not at all? Well, I mean, I mostly play story-based games. Like, Overwatch is an outlier for me, and I've mm -hmm. said that to my friends before. Um, as I mentioned in, like, the last episode, there are some issues in writing consistency when you do have that customization. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't typically play a lot of games with customization. Well, only, but only in the games where relationships factor into it, right? I mean, we're right. talking like the Bioware games and stuff. They really work that element of it into the story. But there are yeah. other games that um, don't really like uh, Monster Hunter, for example, uh, Monster Hunter World. I could make a male character, a female character. I don't think there are romance options in the game. So I don't know that that has any yeah. of, well you know that's not really a story based game though so i i'll retract well, that but i guess cause but yeah there are definitely I, some games where they don't do as good a job yeah when it comes to to relationship interactions yeah i just i don't the only games i have that are that customizable are the bioware games dragon age mm. and mass effect um, the only game I have on here, I think, that is at all customizable, other than those two, like when it comes to who you can choose to play, right, is Dishonored Two. Um, okay, but even then, you're you're choosing between two different preset characters, right? Yeah, it's that one's either you play either Corvo or Emily, and Corvo is more <laughs> melee, and Emily's more stealth, right? I mean, I mean, doesn't the, it, isn't the gameplay also kind of affected by which one you pick? Yeah, but not like terribly much. Um, okay. they, they just have different types of powers. Um, like, okay. they have similar powers, but hers are different and a little more refined because it is a newer game on a newer engine. Mm -hmm. um, and you can obviously you can choose how you play. Um, okay. And that does affect the game significantly. Same with the first game. Right. But as far as but, the characters um, and, and when you select the characters, you're saying you can go either way with how you actually choose to handle the gameplay. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, I haven't played it my second time through yet. And I played it as Emily 
the first time because I was excited about playing Emily and I wanted something a little, I wanted to see how it would be different. Um, but I haven't gone back to play as Corvo yet, mostly because I'm a little worried because Corvo speaks in the second one and Mm. I haven't decided how I feel about that. I was fine with it with Emily because I didn't play as Emily before. Right. Um, but I'm still kind of wrapping my head around this character who was silent for an entire game, having a voice. Um, so I, I do, however, want to go back and see how the game changes, especially because, uh, the second game takes place where Corvo is from. Okay. So there is some like different background that you get from it where like Emily would be like, Oh, this is where Corvo must've done this. Like he actually like tells you, I find that fascinating, but, but as far as like being able to customize a character to look exactly the way you want, I mean, it doesn't sound like that's really that would something only be the Bioware games about. to me. No. Okay. Yeah. About- the only games I have for that are the Bioware games. Okay. And what about you, Andrea? How do you feel about, is that important? To be honest, I don't think that's too much of a big important. I feel okay. like, um, there's not a lot of games where I would have really enjoyed that. Even mm-hmm. with the Mass Effect, I would find myself like thinking that I, I like the character, and then I'd be like, oh, I don't like this angle. I hate the way she looks. And then I would right, want to start right. the game all over again, so it's frustrating. And well, it's thank frustrating God for that you Dragon have to- Age Inquisition, then, where you can change whenever you want if you have that that uh, DLC. See, See but like, I it's, wish it's, you could it's do like yeah, like you spend like 30 minutes trying to make this perfect character and they're still mm-hmm. not perfect. So I kind yeah. of... And then as soon as you get I, into the game, the lighting in the game is different yeah, than it is in the character creation exactly. screen. They look nothing like what you created. Yeah, But I do, I, I do appreciate that, though. I, I do yeah. appreciate being able to put a little bit of myself within that character mm-hmm. because I, like, again, I'm always going to choose a character ha- that has my hair color, that mm-hmm. has my eye color because I want to be that character, right? Right. Um, but again, I, I cannot see if Uncharted had a, a, an option for me being a male or a female. I'd still want to be a Nathan. Like, I, I wouldn't want to choose anybody else. So I feel like it can work and I would enjoy it. But again, it's just kind of dreadful sometimes. But then in, that, in that game, Nathan has Nathan's story. Exactly. In, in Mass Effect, yes. it could be your story. Yeah. Yes. But Nathan is Nathan. Yeah, Uncharted would have had to start from the beginning with that. Yeah, and it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, Yeah. it wouldn't work with a lot of games. Um, So I highly respect the ones that do it. But again, sometimes I'd rather not waste 30 minutes of my game getting frustrated because my character doesn't look the way I want them to look. Especially the noses. There's something about the noses mm. in the games that just piss me off. So I'd rather avoid that. And sometimes the cheekbones and the chin. Yeah. Like if yeah. you get, and the problem is once you start, and I'm really OCD about this kind of thing. And but oh, once you yeah, start same. like messing a little bit with it, <laughs> you just you end up doing more damage than anything. Like you, you start to correct and oh now the cheekbones don't match the chin, so I'm going <sighs> to fix the chin. Well now the exactly. chin doesn't match the forehead, and pretty soon you end up with something that looks like they had like some kind of alien. bone <laughs> deformity. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> And yeah, then even I, if you do get the perfect thing, like we said, when you actually get into the game half the time, it doesn't look anything like it did in the character creation screen. Or it'll be a game where you're always wearing a helmet mm. or <laughs> you spend so much time sometimes on that. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you that, on that, I think. Um, so let's looking forward. 
Um, and you can talk about particular games coming up if you want. I don't want to make it like a, a preview show from from here on out or anything, but just conceptually speaking, when you're choosing video games that are coming out, what is your process? You know, there's an, an announcement. It can be at E3. It can be, you know, something comes out on YouTube, a new trailer for something. Um, you see the trailer. What is it you're looking for in a game coming out that gets you excited and want to pick up that game? Well, for me, just because I'm, I'm struggling to think of a, uh, an original game that mm-hmm. I'm excited about um, because a lot of yeah, things sequels are, are easy sequels to, and reboots. Yeah. Right. Right. So like for essentially the year that I watched that Bethesda conference where they announced dishonored a mm-hmm. uh, rumor mill had it that they were going to announce dishonored. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, I live by, I, I recently got the perspective of, um, you know, you're not really looking for the next X. You're just looking f- to feel the way that the first X made you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I have that opinion about like, like you, you want the new star Wars to be like the old star Wars, but really you just want it to make you feel the way the first star Wars made you feel. Um, right. A lot of people talked about that. Uh, when reviewing the expanse versus um, firefly and things like that, or Battlestar Galactica, like you don't want a new Battlestar Galactica. You want something that makes you feel the way Battlestar Galactica made you feel. Right. Um, and so that's why a lot of people will criticize when something is called like the next, whatever they'll be like, no, it's not because it didn't, it's not this, 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 this. Well, it's looking, they're talking, you want the emotional reaction, which you're not giving it a chance to give you. And that's an important you difference. Don't want it. Right. right. So like, I try not to let myself shut down. Like a lot of people do with mass effect Andromeda. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't what I want. So, well, you're not giving it a chance to give you what you want. You're assuming right. it's not going to do it. Um, so, you know, for me, yeah, I'm going to look for like next titles that I'm waiting for. But, you know, if there is a game trailer that is just, I'm trying to think of the last time I was intrigued by a new game trailer. It might have been Horizon Zero Dawn, um, which I yeah. haven't played yet. I have it, but I only got it recently. Um, I have to say, I, I'm, I only started playing it about a week maybe a week ago. And it's one of those games I've had a hard time putting it down. It is genuinely mm-hmm. good. The interface, uh, it works well. You really feel like you've got a good sense of control over what you're doing. The story is compelling. It gives you the option of going in a lot of different directions, but you never don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. I, I think you'd like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I've been waiting to get it. And so I was very excited when I finally did. But I remember the first time I saw the trailer, I thought like the concept of like a post-human world mm-hmm. where these like weird creatures are left behind and we see like icons, right, of of what could have been our world. And I right. haven't played it, so I can't say if it is or not, but it looks very familiar. And, you know, having a culture rise up from it. I remember thinking like, wow, this sounds very interesting. And the second I saw that first beast, I I just thought that was astounding and seeing alloy. Like, first of all, I was so stoked to have the, the best way to get me interested in a video game starting from the first trailer 
is it starring a woman? And I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, you're playing identity politics. I'm like, no, I want to see people like me in a video game. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, I, you know, I'm coming up on a time when, you know, I've been playing video games since I was very young. I remember when I first played Pokemon, you could only play a guy and that didn't bother me right. back then because I was a kid and I was like, ah, oh, Pokemon. Yeah. But looking back on it, I can imagine I probably would have been more confident in my thoughts and ideas of things if I could see myself reflected in them. Right. And so the importance of the fact that developers fought to have Elizabeth and Ellie on the covers of Bioshock Infinite right. and The Last of Us because they're they're important it was important to me because so often women are still told that video games are not for them. Mm-hmm. And so and about the same time last of us came out, I remember the controversy because the, the protagonist kind of looked like Ellen page. That's um, true, and yeah. she had just come out with, um, beyond, beyond, yeah, beyond, two, beyond souls. two souls. Um, um yes. life is strange just came out recently. Yep. Um, I, you know, I want to say something. I am a old white heterosexual male. I, other than my autism, I don't fit into any minority group or anything like that. But here's why it's important to me to have female characters and uh, characters of other orientations and characters of other races and stuff like that. Here's why it's important to me, because I don't want to just talk about video games to other white guys. People will play video games where they can see themselves reflected in it, as you just said. Uh, I mean, that's just, it's a fact. And and that's why, I mean, video games, the concept of story-driven video games is the character you're controlling is an avatar for you in that world. Mm. If you can represent yourself in that character, it makes it easier for you to emotionally connect with that world. And that's why it's important to have all of these different representations. I, I don't want to only be able to communicate with a subset about video games. I want to be able to talk to anybody about video. I mean, you got the three of us, we talk movies, we talk television. Why should I not be able to talk video games with you guys? Because you guys aren't interested in them because they don't represent the world that you actually live in. And likewise, I don't want to play video games with just male characters. I live in a world where I, I mean, most of my family is female. And the people I interact with when I go downtown, when, when I go to work, whatever, there's a whole wide variety of, I mean, I live, I grew up just outside of Washington, DC. It's a pretty diverse place. I want to see that world reflected. And even though I don't fall into one of those groups myself, I want to be able to share the coolness and the awesomeness that is video games with the people within my life, my real world, that are members of those groups so that I, that's another thing that we have in common because when you've got different groups of people representing different things, the more points of commonality you have, the less nonsense and crap you have that causing divisiveness. And I, that, I, I, I should get off the soapbox. I'm sorry. No, but, but, <laughs> but you know, like you are right. And I think that a lot of people just, fall into like not wanting to discuss these things. And I feel like just playing a character that just makes you feel like you're, you're, you're that like if, if playing a female character, when you're 
a female, it just makes you feel a little bit more empowered. It makes you feel like you're able to be that person. And it's not just that, like just going into like little tiny things. It always makes me so happy when I hear a character in a game speak Spanish, the tiniest little thing. Mm -hmm. It just makes me so happy. And it's one of those moments that I can be like, oh, I understand it, but you can't. It's like (laughs) tiny little things like that, but they make me so happy because it's something that I share with one character. Mm -hmm. And and I feel like that's one of the reasons why I kind of like liked James Vega because he he had something that I I was familiar with and that Mm -hmm. familiarity was very important to me but again that if being able to play a character where it's like this is a strong girl I I know how to play her like I can feel myself being immersed into what she is it's very important and I think that a lot of people just try to like sweep it under the rug like it doesn't matter but a lot of character building and a lot of what we want in video games is how they're going to make us feel and yeah you don't have i don't have to be a guy to love a male character i really don't a lot Mm -hmm. of characters that i love in video games are male characters but it's so nice to feel like i can look at a female and be like okay I love her and I want to be like her and, and I, right. I can embody her fully when I'm immersing myself in this game. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, like I, I mentioned Caden Alenko earlier and, you know, he may not be a female character, but he represents an important part of myself. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, of course I'm not going to say like, you know, no more games with men in it because that's what feminism is. No, like you can still find important parts of yourselves in these characters. The issue is is that we teach people that they can't. And, you know, especially young men, we teach them that they cannot see femininity or softness in themselves. And, you know, I think if we were to introduce more characters, we could, you know, really break down that like that toxicness. And not only create a more inclusive environment for female gamers, but just bring out more of the things that we are told we cannot feel because mm-hmm. we cannot identify. Um, if you're if you're telling stories in video games, and you want the environment to be, I mean, I can't say real for sci-fi or medieval or, or things like that, but if you want it to be realistic, okay, and believable. you want right. And you want the stories to be real and you want the connections between the characters to be real. Why take other aspects of the sociology that you're placing into the game and make them not realistic? Yeah. Right. I mean, you've got to, you've got to make it represent what's real all around or else you're just hitting on certain bits and pieces here and there and, both missing opportunities and then just failing at trying to build a realistically immersive environment. Yeah. And I, you know, I really don't understand why it is so difficult for male gamers to even embrace the idea of playing a female character because Mm. we've been doing it our whole lives playing men that's the and part I, I think is funny. Once complained about how terrible it is. Meanwhile, a game like Horizon Zero Dawn comes out, and they're like, "Oh, this looks like another social justice warrior 
feminist work. I'm like, that's funny because I never called like, I don't know, uncharted a work of the patriarchy. Right. Like, and it's I think just, that's, it's backwards. It's funny because like, I never, I, I, I guess I don't, I have, again, with the autism thing, I have perspectives that aren't really always compatible with the way other people have perspectives on things. So like I can look at something, it can just make perfect sense to me and everybody else thinks, Oh, that's completely weird. And then vice versa. So I'm not always the best litmus test for this sort of thing. But to me, you know, I initially, I grew up outside of Detroit. I've grown up most of my life outside of Washington, DC. I don't even look at a lot of these things. Every, you know, I can take, another person who's just like me, you know, in their forties, white, heterosexual male, and he's still going to be so different from me in his attitudes toward relationships or his attitude toward children, or I like dogs and he likes, there's, there's going to be things about his life that just aren't how I would live my life or how I would do Mm -hmm. things. So what does it matter if his skin is darker? His kidneys and liver and spleen are the same color as mine. I mean, it doesn't, make a difference to me or what does it matter if that person can have children and I can't, or, you know, like it has nothing to do with the relevancy of what we talk about or whatever. So to me, I play horizon zero dawn. I don't even think about a social justice warrior sort of, of thing. And then I get online and all these people are, are complaining about this sort of thing. And it just doesn't make any sense. To yeah, me it doesn't because compute. men are taught that if you're, compassionate that's feminine and therefore weak if you have empathy it's weak if you have sympathy it's weak if you are not showing aggression then you are potentially weak and maybe we just don't know it and a lot of i think part of the culture of this that's continuing to linger where other parts of our sociology are finally starting to move on. But with video games, it's because a lot of the nature of combat driven video games are aggressive. Mm -hmm. And so it brings out those aggressive tendencies that have been fostered for generations and generations and generations. And and whether you want to argue that it goes back hundreds and thousands of years to the cavemen or so, I don't know. I wasn't around back then. I'm around now. And Compassion is, I mean, if you look at some of the most successful people out there who are men, they typically, and I don't mean successful as far as wealth, I mean successful as far Mm -hmm. as respect and stuff, they are Mm -hmm. compassionate, they are sympathetic, they do treat other people the way they want to be treated, they are gentle with other people and caring, they're not violent, they're not aggressive, they're not verbally abusive, so why is that still seen as a heroic role model and an example in video gaming? And and the thing is, more and more, it's not anymore with the way the games are being developed. But there's still this lingering. I, I hope it's getting smaller and it's just that they're becoming so vocal because they're dying out. But there's still this vocal community that just can't accept anything except the damsel, damsel in distress and they're the muscular, barbarian, sword-wheeling stereotype. Yeah. I, it's not fun f- for me, I guess. I, no. I just don't and it. I feel like 
it, it's not fun when you're when you're looking at the criticisms of a game, but it's also annoying when we have to deal with it while we're playing games with other people online. Oh yeah, yeah. I, like like that's League the funny Legends. thing. Like in the game, they fixed it. It's the online yeah. people that you have to worry about. It's the people in your voice oh, chat yeah. that are the problem anymore. It's not yeah. so much the game itself. Exactly. So I mean, it, it's. And I'm not going to lie when I say it's kind of like a day-to-day thing where it's like if I play League of Legends or if I play Overwatch, like, okay, like, oh, and again, it's not pertaining to me, but it's kind of like, oh, you're playing bad. It's because you're a girl. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> like, yeah. but I mean, it's not everyone, but it's kind of like what you said. It's kind of like those small voices that hopefully like everybody's like it's dying out, but those tiny voices are the yeah. ones that are projecting it the most. Right. Yeah. So, and are, yeah, are still and continuing to actively cause the most problems. You know, listen, there are right. a lot of games I'm good at. There are a lot of games I'm popular, popular games. I'm really, really, really bad at, but people don't say, oh, it's cause you're a dude. Like, I don't yeah. hear that. So yeah. why should it be the other way around? Right, and I mean, I'm sorry. This is a, totally not the type of topic I was trying to to get on, right. but I, it's <laughs> still such a, a pervasive problem, though. <laughs> right, yeah, and I mean, is. you know, a current issue that I saw being talked about because I watched the Overwatch League. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody asked why all the teams are all male. I was just about to ask: Are there any and females on any of the teams? As far as I know, no. And what I saw going around on Tumblr was that somebody said, "Well, maybe they just aren't good enough," and someone said. One of the top Zarya players <laughs> in the world is a woman. Yeah. And Maybe it's because the women are smart enough to not dedicate their whole lives to just sitting there playing video games. I forget what happened. I feel like they tried, they like reached out or something and something just didn't work out. It's just like, you know, it sucks when you're being told that things are inclusive. And then when you look at the Overwatch League, you're like, are there any female players? So it says, well, I guess there aren't any good enough. Like, no, there absolutely are. Mm -hmm. They're not being considered for some reason or another. Well, if it's any encouragement, let me, let me say this. Uh, The more I hear about the, the, the professional and the pseudo professional side of video gaming, I, I still keep hearing stories like this, but the more I've seen of, um, people who are streaming video games online, there seem to be a lot of female game streamers Oh yeah, who are very well respected, who do very well. I've seen a lot of streams. I'm like, I would not want to go toe to toe with this person. <laughs> Even in some games yes. that I actually have some skill at. Um, I mean, I've seen some, some women play uh, rocket league that I'm just like, Holy crap. They're good. They're making shots. I'm like, I can't even figure out how you would make those. Um, yeah. I've seen, uh, all kinds of things. I mean, I've seen some Overwatch streamers. I've seen uh, Payday 2, um, Dead by Daylight. Uh, I, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. It seems like when it comes to the overall online gaming community, when it comes to streaming, it's starting to get a little bit better. Now, maybe not the professional mm-hmm. stuff. I think there's still so much ego wrapped yes. in the professional stuff. Absolutely. And I think that's a lot of the problem when you're willing, when you don't have so much of your identification in the games and you're not already hyper competitive with one another, then I, I think it's, it's starting to get a little bit better. Yeah. And, and again, I feel like eventually things will get better, mm-hmm. but there's a lot to learn still. Yeah. A lot to yeah. learn. Yeah. It's especially disheartening. Well, there isn't a lot like, of things. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's especially disheartening for someone who plays Overwatch where the characters have a wide range of, like, body types and um, yeah. backstories. I mean, like, the biggest twist to come out of Overwatch was that the face of Overwatch, Tracer, is a lesbian, was probably one of, first of all, the most amazing things and the funniest thing to watch the breakdown mm-hmm. of the men who swore that she was her, she was their wife. Um, but, <laughs> Which brings you know, up a whole nother thing. Listen, a whole nother thing, but like, <laughs> I the mean, fact come on. this is a game that has characters that have um, multiple characters that have prosthetic body parts, mm-hmm. multiple characters that have like mental disabilities, multiple characters that have like, you know, gone through hell and back characters from all over the world. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about characters that speak Spanish. You should see Sombra. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, like the most dive, one of the most diverse, like games I've ever played and one of the most colorful and fun. And then you like really get into it. And like the people, who, a lot of the people who play it don't reflect the game itself. And it is such a cruel irony. Mm-hmm that it makes it, it, it's a little disheartening. Like I love Overwatch and I love the world that it is and the characters that are in it. And then I get on voice chat and the other day I'm being like, we're, we're being harassed by like a 15 year old because we didn't play the type of game he wanted. Like the fact that that's, that's not just a, a female or an orientation or a race yeah. thing though. I mean, I, I oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, oh, no. no, you're right it, though. It, the it's, fact that he thinks that's okay. Right. We don't train that out of boys. We train that out of women. And that is a world that I'm not okay with because yeah. if I'm being trained to be well-behaved, I would hope that so are the other ones. You know, there's a whole generational, you know, as a parent right now, um, our son is eight years old. It, we had our kid at, uh, I think a Walmart the one time and a lady bought him a sucker, a lollipop. Uh, we mm. were at another store somewhere where there was an older lady in front of us at, at the checkout counter and she was taking a long time. And she turned around to me and said, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going so slow. And my son spoke up and said, oh, that's okay. We're not in any hurry. She gave him a $5 bill. <laughs> he's gone to the circus and like paid for a, a pony ride and gotten like three in a row. And it's all because they're all so shocked that he, and I'm not bragging, but that he's polite and he says, thank you. And, and does this and does that. And I'm looking at these people like giving him rewards and stuff. And I'm like, but that's the baseline. That's the stand. That's the minimum that we're all supposed to mm-hmm. be at. There's a whole cultural generational problem going on when it comes to people being considerate to other people. Right. It shouldn't be a surprise. I want to go back to the one thing real quick. You know, this is something that I'm, I'm scared of saying the wrong thing half the time, but this has come up in video games. You just brought it up with tracer and overwatch. It's come up in star Wars. It's come up in television shows. You said, I'm I'm sorry, is Tracer, is is she lesbian or bi? I I don't Um, know the backstory. She hasn't really confirmed. Doesn't really matter, but. She has a girlfriend. Okay. So. That's like the bottom line. These guys get all worked up about it. Does she have sex in the game? No. Then does it matter? Does it (laughs) matter? Like, it's not. 
Does she? Is she running around shooting her girlfriend in the game? No. <laughs> then does it matter? Like, I don't care. It's not that when I say I don't care about her being a lesbian, it's not that I don't care about proper representation. It's that it, how could you get upset about it when it doesn't like the, the, the Poe and Finn shipping thing in star Wars, whether they're heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, or any other orientation, like there's no sex in star Wars. So they can be whatever they want. Why are we getting worked up about, like, if they're going to have a relationship, then it does matter. Han and Leia did have a relationship in the original trilogy, so that did matter. Luke's orientation, I've never given a second thought about because he's never in a relationship with anybody. So there's no relevancy there. Why would I get upset if someone suggested that he was this or he was that? We yeah. don't see what happens when he goes in the bedroom because it doesn't happen in the movie. And likewise, Tracer in the video game, like, how? What is going on in your life that this yeah. is something that you take energy, emotional energy to get upset about and go online right. and spend hours ranting about it? It's not part of the actual game. And as to what you yeah. said about, like, the guys pretending she's their girlfriend or something, I mean, wow, <laughs> does that bring up yeah. a whole different level yeah. of, like, some issues there? Because yeah. you need to learn some social skills and you need to go outside of your house yeah. And then you need to like actually interact with other human beings and get like some start working toward a real relationship rather than right. pro projecting on to video game animation. Cause yeah. Cause wow. I mean, you know, one of the things I love about Overwatch is that they do keep adding to the lore with uh -huh. shorts and comic series and things like that and adding to the conversation because they've already, you know, they already have characters that are different. And mm -hmm. I love that that they're continuously building off of that. Um, you know, it's always important to me that I be allowed to see myself in characters that aren't, you know, necessarily like in stone. I've I've had long conversations right. with Andrea about, for instance, James Holden, because it always mm -hmm. bothered me that there were people in the fandom who because they did not like him and that's that's literally baseline decided that he had to be straight but nobody everybody else was like fluid and i was like you can't tell me the guy who had five dads and three moms is the only one that can possibly be straight like it's one of those things where it's just like you know people are allowed to read into non-defined characters what they can you don't mm -hmm. get to decide for them. The creators might. And mm -hmm. if you don't agree with the creator, unless the creator is like, I love JK Rowling, but unless the creator is doing something similar to what JK Rowling has been about recently, there's no reason to like get into an uproar about these, you know, the video game, you know, Jeff Flake. Right. I think, is that the same? No, that's the Senator. Jeff. <laughs> His name is Jeff. We, we don't do politics here. No, hold on. No, no, but yeah. his name is Jeff. Mm -hmm. He, whatever he and his team add to these characters, they probably have already had in their heads for forever. Right. It takes more than a couple of weeks to put a comic book together or to make one of those 3D animated shorts. So the fact that people would like 
get all in uproar acting like as if this was new. This was probably in the original plans, but because it is a shooter game, it got relegated to a side story. Right. And so like maybe use your brain again. I, I guess not playing the game because you don't like the backstory that happens in a comic book is silly because that's not part of the game. It, it's too different. I mean, Overwatch is not a story-based game. It's cool that people find the character so unique that they want to learn more about them if you want to have some lore. But the game mm-hmm. doesn't depend on lore. So, nope. again, so I'm, I'm baffled by the people who who are up in arms about something that's not relevant to the yeah. game. Maybe it's relevant yeah. in the comics, but then if you... So if that bothers you, don't read the comics. Don't read do the play, comics. Do you play the game and move Just on with your life? Just keep it to yourself. So, so basically what right. Eric is saying is that you're not playing Overwatch because of who your character sleeps with. You're At least you should be. It's probably There probably are some wackos. You're playing who, Overwatch to kill a MF. Right. Because I'm not... Uh, thank you. I don't have to edit that. Out. Thank you. Uh, because you want to kill somebody in the game, right? Like, right. I, I just, if it were know. a story-based game, like, okay, so like last of us or, right. well, I, and I don't, there's probably not even relationships that, uh, mass effect. Yeah, there well, is no, you, Mass Effect. You were good on us. Okay. I haven't played it, so I, I don't know. that one was actually so, very controversial too. Okay. Well, yeah. no spoilers. No, 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 spoilers. no spoilers. But, but okay, so so here's the thing. If your personal worldview is is such that there's something about the way that that's handled that bothers you, don't play the game and and move on and find something else. Yeah. Don't hate on, on the life. people who want that in their game. Yeah. And but then again, if it's something that is Super Smash Brothers, okay? If it turns out Luigi is gay, what does that have to do with Super Smash Brothers? How does that change the game? How does that change the game? I can assure you. How does it change what you do in the game? Some people will stop playing the game, which is ridiculous. There's no sex in the game. Because we can't have gay characters. They're not real. Well, listen, I, you know. Part it's three, whole, here we come. It's a whole I, different conversation is where we should probably, you yeah, know. I, you know, I've, I've always tried, I've always tried to avoid uh, politics and religion on the podcast network because no Fair matter enough. what you do, you're fighting a losing battle. Mm-hmm. Representation and diversity, I feel a little different about because there's just some basic human rights involved in some basic civil rights involved that are baseline that you can't, I mean, you've got to at least acknowledge a certain level of, you know, not dragging people behind your pickup truck by a chain and killing them sort of thing. Like there's a respect, right? The bottom line is respect. Right. right. So, but again, in, in this sort of thing, it amazes me how much you have something that should be bringing people together, whether it's, you're a star Wars fan. Cause this is something that's been a big deal and not, not for diversity issues, but for other issues within the fandom that's causing a rift for story-based reasons, or whether it's in video game because of diversity issues or something, you've got video games that people all share a common hobby, a common interest, and it should be bringing us together. 
and you get online and it's nothing but hatred and fighting back and forth. And I, it's, I, I, I can't but, wait but again, until we can get to a day where people can just say, you know what? I don't know anything about who you are as a person, but we both mm -hmm. like X. So let's yeah. enjoy both liking X together and we can move on with our lives. That's what I want to see. And there's no reason well, we like, can't be there already. The, the important thing is that although we're talking about it right now and it's making it sound like it's a everyday kind of thing, like I don't always feel like that when I am playing video games, when I'm watching a TV show, when I'm, when I'm playing online games, like, it's not like I always feel like this. It's not like every time you log in, you're getting harassed. Is no, what you're saying. not at all. No, and right. that's very important. It's not uh, true. a hundred percent of the time that I log in, I'm going to feel like this. No, no, no. The fact that we got sidetracked and this is where we're uh -huh. talking about. That's why, like, we're we're bringing it forward, but like, re rest reassured, people, that it's not an everyday kind of thing. It's a right. once in a while, and because we are talking about video games and how they make us feel, both in game and outside of game, that this is why it's important. So that, well, that's a very important thing to say because I don't want people to to misinterpret that. Oh. Every single time that they log on or they play a game, this is what they're thinking about. It's not, right. but again, because we. But it's, it's hard not to think about it when you know it. You can have a hundred good experiences, and then if you have one experience where you're getting harassed, yeah. then that yeah. stands out with you. The pain continues past that one experience, and and oh, you're yeah. going to talk about it, and it should be talked about so that we can bring attention to the fact that it needs to stop. When you look oh, yeah. at the statistics, and I forget the exact statistics, it was from a year or two ago, 57% um, of gamers are women. Now, Adult I think women, that yeah. also include, yeah, I think that was also um, in part taking into consideration uh, smartphone gaming, casual gaming and stuff like that, which is fine. That's part of gaming. Uh, that's part of my gaming repertoire and a lot of other, quote, hardcore gamers I know also play casual games too. It's still part of gaming. There are more women gamers than there are men gamers. So it just, I guess it's still shocking to me that there's still people out there who can't handle. I, I'm still stuck on this whole, oh, you suck at this game. Well, it's because you're a woman. Oh yeah. It makes me yeah. want to get like a voice modulator for my, my microphone. And and like just have a woman's voice as I'm playing, and then when I suck at a game, have them like, oh, it's because you're a woman. I flip the yeah. switch. I'm like, dude, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> so anyway, to answer your question, uh, the best way to get me interested in a video game is to have a female lead. Holy crap, <laughs> we've got her back. <laughs> now wait a minute, hey, we were just talking about Uncharted, and and okay. Uh, you know, uh, so as a participant in the discussion here for me to answer my own question, I don't, I don't care, I which I guess for a guy is, is uh, sadly pretty groundbreaking, but like <laughs> Portal no, is but probably my favorite video game of all time, female protagonist. And like I said, I probably 50% of the time I can select Half the time I pick male, half the time I pick female, just to have something different to look at. Like, I don't, mm. but I guess I don't identify myself in the character. I can put myself in the character's shoes 
and immerse myself in the character for the sake of the game. Like if you're Nathan for Uncharted or if you're, what is it? Emily for last of us or, or Ellie, Ellie, Ellie? Yeah. I have, I have no problem putting myself in that other person's shoes. Cause I can empathize with mm-hmm. people. It, it's a so nice social skill to have, but I don't wrap up my own sense of identity in that. So I don't care either way. And I don't yeah. have a problem with people who do. Everybody's different. You do you. I don't, I don't care. Like it doesn't. Yeah. And, and you know, like <sighs> when we bring back that, what attracts you to a video game? If you're, mm-hmm. if you're like, to me, I don't look for a video game to play next. If, if I see the trailer and it's just something that captivates me, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be whether it's male or female. Like mm-hmm. it just, it, it needs to, at that moment in time, it needs to grab me. So that's and a good it, point. It's not so much that you are actively looking. I'm it's not, that you're just no. keeping your eyes open. And if something happens across your field of vision that looks, I'm using visual references. If yeah. something comes across your path that seems really good and hooks you, that's yeah. how yeah. you select I, your new video I, games. I think a better word for what I'm thinking, and people are going to laugh at this, this is, I'm looking for something unique. Um, yes. So well, good luck with that. Exactly. And that's why, again, if I see a female protagonist, already you have my attention because it's different. Um, I, a game that I'm still waiting for, for instance, is uh, Detroit. Uh, yeah. The yeah. Uh, I mean, Valerie Curry uh, plays Kara. And I've met her a few times. She's an incredibly wonderful human being. And just seeing her face there being like, oh, my God. First of Detroit all, doesn't have a female. Does Detroit have a female protagonist? Here's the issue. The last couple of trailers haven't featured her, but she was in the first like official. OK. Yeah. So either you get the choice or maybe it. they've eliminated or we don't know yet. Well, <laughs> they haven't really said. I, I mean, yeah, there's not been much on this game yet. That's. Right, so it's hard for me to say because I've been looking for her because I know she's in it for a fact. Yeah. Um, so I'm not quite sure it's gone. It's just been so long. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, if that happens, like that's just uh, the best way to get my attention. But I'm just looking for something a little different or something that will bring back something that maybe lost me, like Assassin's Creed. I mean, I loved three. A lot mm-hmm. of people didn't. I loved it. But there was something about Black Flag when that first trailer came out. And I think it's because, you know, a lot of people were excited for a pirate one. There were other things I wanted before a pirate one. But there was something about a pirate assassin story that, like, drew me and other people in. And, I mean, it also had the question of what do we do now after Assassin's Creed 3? Because mm-hmm. Desmond. But yeah. Aside from that, they picked up on a story that hadn't really had a immersive video game experience in a while, which is a pirate story. Or, yeah. And that like, is definitely unique. I mean, if you're yeah. looking for something you haven't seen before, yeah. I wasn't interested in that. I don't like period pieces that much anyway, but, but you had to admit that's something you don't generally... See ever day. see i mean the last pirate right. game i can think of there was um 
there was a really old game by the the people who used to make the King's Quest games, and then there was Puzzle Pirates, which was puzzle kind Pirates. of a, a puzzle, a goofy casual gamer MMO wannabe. Mm. That's it. Like that's <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't see pirate stuff any, anymore. And it so. was you know mixing it with history like the other Assassin's Creed right. things did. You know, the pirate figures are so fascinating already. And so, you know, having a story that brought those fat, you know, Charles Vance, Blackbeard, uh, um, and, oh my God, I'm mixing Mary Reed and Anne Bonnie, you know, these are historical figures that continue to fascinate us to this day. And I think that was what drew me in. It was like, they chose a time period with these figures that are so compelling that they keep showing up in our media and our stories like black sales, things like that. Like that was exciting. And, you know, yeah, there were other things I wanted from Assassin's Creed first, but I was still excited because this is something I never even gave thought to seeing, uh, was a pirate story. And it, 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 should have seen this coming. I should have known that we would do this. So, I mean, things like that if it's if it's if it's unique if it's uh you know lightly tread ground or just a compelling trailer that doesn't give me a lot of answers and leaves me wanting to know more that'll get me into a game very quickly yeah all right well we are at an hour and 45 minutes for this Mm. second installment which means it's about three o'clock in the morning here now well, well, maybe not. Oh, quite. wow. Not, not I quite. Started, I started part one with my nails purple. Oh, I no. noticed that. I, I was like, oh, wow. We have been <laughs> recording a while. judging us. We can cut <laughs> stuff out if it makes people feel better. Hey, if we give it another hour, I can paint my nails again. <laughs> I was actually wondering no. whether we should split this episode and just break it up into a three-parter. But I, I think we'll keep it the way it is. I, I think we'll probably end up for all the controversial stuff we've talked about, we will probably end up losing a third of our audience anyway. But you know what? I hope I, not. I, I, no, I don't, you know what? I think our listeners that I we have myself. on the network here are, are a little more enlightened than that. And I just, I want to see all the hatred for everything, regardless of what the topic is. It, it, it's I'm so get overdone. Off We're the done. Before I'm even on it. No, but but before before everything is over, mm-hmm. if everybody read, I mean, no, if everybody heard the Echo Base, the last Echo Base yep. uh, podcast that we made, we, we said I said an important thing. Mm-hmm. Listen to the podcast to understand somebody else's point of view. Don't yeah. listen to the podcast to battle us to rebuke or, or to fight what what we feel if you well, have and we're not to trying say, to like, tell you what to feel like don't listen to us thinking we are instructing you exactly. the audience on what to believe either just we have different perspectives yeah and, and if somebody yeah. has a different point of view i'm more than welcome to listen to it and understand where that person's coming from right. but don't listen to it and be mad because our perspectives are not similar yeah. to yours that's not and, the way everything works and the most important <gasps> doggy yay oh the God. best way to end the podcast yeah oh. my dog my dog just jumped on my lap welcome so. to the show 
Um, <laughs> but the most important thing too is like if we do discuss it, let's not like go into the discussion trying to change someone's mind. Um, I've yep. you know gotten a lot of frustration out of people thinking that you know hearing how I feel. And then telling me how they feel the opposite as if I'm supposed to say, oh, good for you. Unfortunately, like, you know, if we don't agree on something, I'm it's unfortunate, but I'm not going to fight over it. Right. We're not here to fight the way I do. And it's just not going to change. Right. We're here to present our perspectives. The only thing, the only recommendation I'm going to make to anybody on any topic that's controversial is. Listen to the other person and be respectful. That's it. We're not trying to change anybody's minds. You're not going to change our minds, but I will listen to you. Whoever you are, I will listen to everything you have to say and I will respect you. Um, and that's all I'm asking you to do of us. If you want that's to marry it. Tracer, that's, that's fine. No, you know, I'm going to take back everything I just said. Okay. If you're out there and you are like fantasizing Eric, over a video game character, I'm listen, especially like if you're beyond the age where that sort of thing has come, like if you're older than 14 years old, I'm, I'm just saying maybe like try to get outside a little bit. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to sympathize. To I'm, Nathan Drake, come on, uh, calm down. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Okay. I, I think we better wrap it up here. The dog wants us to finish. Yes. The, my my forty five pound quote unquote we were told puppy. What this means is wanting to go to bed. Yeah. This, All right. This so means. that is going to wrap up this. Uh, yeah. This might be like it. the most controversial show that we've done on the network in a, a really long time. And the sad thing is I don't even understand what's all that controversial about it, but I'm it sure we'll get feedback. Be. It really shouldn't be. I don't really, yeah. I don't know. I don't. It's I don't, all right. Uh, yeah. It's all right. We um, said what we have to say right. and <laughs> it's, it's relevant to the discussion we had. And we got sidetracked plenty of time, so we lived up oh, to the yeah. namesake of the show. So that's I good. I do have a PhD in that. In getting distractions, sidetracked. tangents? No, getting sidetracked. Getting sidetracked. Yeah. So yeah. I guess that's it. Thank you guys for uh, hanging out and, and covering all of this stuff. Where can we find you on Twitter? Andrea, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at CatsBears. It's K A. T-Z-B-E-A-R-Z. And for those who don't know, Z is Canadian for Z. <laughs> now, you have to say A at the end. Oh, oh A. <laughs> no, Canadian I can't Canadian for Z-A? See, no. you've got to, yeah, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm still practicing my Canadian too. It, it, it takes a while. Um, all right, Shannon, where can we find you? I can be found at Shank Beasy. Um, it's Shank Beasy, just because I'm not gonna spell it again. That's a good way to clarify it. That that's S H A N K B E E Z Y, correct? Yeah, Z Y. That's me. Yeah. 
Um, all right. And you can find me on Twitter at Eric Blythe. That's E-R-I-K-B-L-Y-T-H-E. You can find the network feed at Random Chatter. Uh, we don't actually have a Twitter feed for getting sidetracked yet. So if you want to interact with us on Twitter for the show, just use the Random Chatter one for now. That's for the whole network. You can find the network on Facebook, facebook.com slash Random Chatter Network. RandomChatter.com is a host of all of our other shows on the network. We've got lots of stuff there. Random Chatter is our entertainment news and commentary show. Echo Base and Aren't You a Little Short for a Podcast or our two Star Wars shows. We've got Movie Rampage covering uh, various movie stuff. We've got a bunch of microcasts. We've got all kinds of great stuff. Go check it out. You know you want to. All the cool kids are doing it. Tracer's doing it. Checking out randomchatter.com. to listen to Random Chatter Podcast. That is very true. Uh, spread the word about the show. Tell your friends about us. Uh, leave us reviews on iTunes. Have other people... Uh, you know, check us out too if you like the show. Um, if you have any feedback for the show, be sure to send us an email. You can send it to getting sidetracked at randomchatter.com or if you don't like to type that much, gs at randomchatter.com. We would love to hear your feedback. Keep it respectful. And like I said, I will listen to anything you have to say. I'm serious. Uh, we would love it if you would help support the network. Um, Patreon.com slash random chatter is the best way to do that. And of course, that is a system that allows us to give stuff back to you. Um, including interaction with our Slack community, which is, I think it's a great perk. Uh, everybody who donates gets that perk. So um, that's a good thing to, to check out. Patreon.com slash random chatter. And then finally, three-piece suit by Blue Stolly is the music you hear in this show. That's it. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.